man, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has. We missed yeah. we missed a week. But you know what time yeah, it is, right? Uh, about 7.30? No, it's Game of oh Thrones time. <laughs> yes! You actually got an intro. No, it's not really the intro. I'm just totally copy. This, this is copyright. I am getting paid, so I need to turn this off. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, hey, welcome to Cal- oh, Couch on Fire podcast, The Afterburn, Robin Griffin, finishing up season six and seven of Games of Thrones because season eight comes out in less than seven. Actually, no, it's about seven days, right? Wow, really? Yeah, it comes out next Sunday. Boom. Holy shit, I completely forgot. Yeah. So <laughs> we missed a week because I was moving, you know, all my shit and stuff. So we are going to cram these last two seasons that previously happened together. And honestly, they kind of go together. Anyway, if you think about it, because just the, some of the crazy shit. Um, yeah, it gets into more like an interconnected storyline. It's not so much mm-hmm. separate characters. But ladies and gentlemen, I would need everyone to calm down. The very first thing in season six, Jon Snow is alive. <laughs> I know all, every, yeah. I, I know everybody out there was scared and you were worried. I was one of them, but luckily all I I didn't have to wait a year. All I did was, you know, next episode loaded up the next episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So Jon Snow is alive. Mm. And um, how do you feel about how he was brought back? So. In case people don't know, he died. He got stabbed by people in the Night's Watch because he wasn't he wasn't doing his job according to them. Mm-hmm. So while he was laying there, I forget who takes him to the room, but people like pick him up. His friends pick him up. I think it was Sam and probably some other people. Um, mm-hmm. the redhead chick, the witch, Melisandra. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, yes. Um, you actually got one, and it's like the most the hardest one to remember. <laughs> I know. Um, so she just do some, she does some like uh voodoo shit. She's pretty much saying, I can bring people back to life. So can the night King, but I can do it in other ways. You know, do you ever, do you mm-hmm. think, you know, cause he, she brought him back to life that he has like, um, cause the last person she brought back to life, like when you get brought back to life, do you think like, like you have a special ability or do you, are you missing something like part of your soul? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Cause, um, the only time we've seen somebody brought back from the dead, really, uh, was Beric Gondarian. He was brought back by the Thoros guy, and every time Beric would come back, he was missing a piece of himself, like missing his personality, missing his emotions and stuff. And we don't know whether that's because Beric's not as good of a red priest, or if it's like it's an inherent thing. Yeah. Time will tell. Um, I hope that there is a cost to it because the idea of just like oh no you're good you're good we'll just we'll say some magic words and wave our hands and then you're good you know it just it doesn't fit with the tension of the storyline there has to be some kind of some kind of consequence for death oh yeah I feel. but honestly I mean I feel the same way but the way season was it season six Goes and end season seven. I don't know, even know if they're even gonna bring it up again. You know, like even talk about. I it. I don't think they ever will, and I think it was done intentionally on behalf of the writers, because uh, this is this is a like a dual episode, season six and seven, right? Yes. Like we're not splitting them up. Okay. So in, I think it's yeah, it's season seven. You know, they go north of the wall trying to find a zombie and stuff, and they get attacked by a zombie bear, which. 
I'll admit it's pretty fucking cool. Um, but Thoros gets killed. And you notice that when Melisandre burned the the kid, like Stannis' daughter, she got exiled for it. So just conveniently, over the course of like a season and a half, the show has gotten rid of anyone who's capable of resurrecting people. You you notice that? Yeah. I, well, well. Now since you bring bring it to light, now I'm actually really really thinking about it. Well, that's crazy. They, I have noticed that. Yeah. I because that. I think it was on purpose because even if there is a cost associated with bringing someone back from the dead, it really does kind of cheap out somebody's death. If it's like, ah, oh, don't worry, they'll just bring him back. You know, it kind of yeah. it, it takes a little bit of sting out of it, you know? Well, it's kind of like, well, why would they even put that in there? But I guess I guess at the end of season five, they really needed they needed something to grab people's attention. And what better than kill mm-hmm. kill off the guy that you've – that to me, Jon Snow was a pointless character – but then he started to grow on me, and then it was like, okay. And then you kill him off, and now, now he's probably the the, the next two seasons. He's the most, you know, season six and seven. He's like the most important person for the whole fucking story. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's and, crazy. And how do you feel about uh, about Jon Snow basically becoming the main character for Game of Thrones? So. I don't know when it switched over. I mean, because remember, he's been at the Night Watch, and if the the previous seasons that we talked about, there's a lot of politics, a lot of. To me, main characters are like you know Cersei, uh, you know Jamie. I mean, Ter- I mean Tyrion. I mean, there's so many, so many other characters that seem more have more screen time, but towards around five, you see Jon Snow getting more screen time. Um, once he like you know once the whole White Walker thing starts getting more apparent that this is the fucking battle that we really need to be worried about not this little Game of Thrones shit um, you know Westeros just needs to get ready for this um, basically how I feel I mean it's okay obviously he was a fan favorite and they, they saw it they heard it and they were like okay well let's add him a couple more lines let's add him a couple more lines and then in season 6 this motherfucker, I mean, he dies, he comes He's back. He's the show, pretty He's, much. He runs the show. He kills all the guys from the Night Watch that fucking stabbed him, betrayed him. Now there's mm-hmm. barely nobody left in the Night's Watch. And he pretty much says, well, technically I died, so I can leave the wall now. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, so what's what's the first thing he decides to do? Goes back to, you know, Winterfell. Winterfell. Yeah, it goes back to Winterfell. He was going to take this shit back over. Is it his sister goes up there with Reek, mm-hmm. uh, Theon Greyjoy, and his sister? Mm-hmm. Because remember, mm-hmm. in season five, he he like uh, ex- you know, gets her out of the, you know, so he helps her escape. Um, mm-hmm. and I think in season six, she they they get caught, but then um, was it what is her name? The fucking oaf breath of uh. Brienne of Tarth. Brienne of Tarth. Why did I say Briath? See, look, I'm still pretty bad at names. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. Right, you'll get there. Yeah, yeah, eventually. <laughs> when it's over. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so she uh, she comes, saves him, and, uh, you know, she finally, like, you know, gives her allegiance to um, Firecrotch. That's what I'm going to start calling her. It's oh, jeez. Like... <laughs> Uh yeah, Sansa Stark. Yeah, Sansa's. Yes, yeah, so she does that. Then they go up to the north and they see John, and then they go back. And this is probably one of the greatest 
things about season six is um what happens in Winterfell. So to me, season six it it's less politics, it's more action. Like there's more mm-hmm. fucking shit going on in season six. And I think that's why people, you know, well, obviously the show's making more money, so obviously they can afford more, um, you know, CGI with fucking dragons and seas of army on the on the water and all this other stuff. They can see it now, you know, they can CGI it because they have all this more money. Um, but it, visually and storyline, I think season six was pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. so just keep talking about John Stark. I mean, well, John Snow. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, mm-hmm. basically, I mean, he goes back to Winterfell and it becomes a war. And you know what happens? The Battle of the Bastards. Which ha- I got to say is probably one of the best straight up like battle scenes I've ever seen in a TV show. Just as far as now, there's a lot of stupid mistakes the characters make. Oh, yeah. A lot of stupid choices. And it's it's weird because they're made by characters who are supposed to be intelligent. Yeah. Like Stupid decisions by stupid characters don't bother me because that's their whole point. But when you take a pretty smart guy like Davos and like John's supposed to be and everything and just say, hey, you know, we're going to be stupid now, it, it, it takes me out of it a little bit. But it's still a fantastically well choreographed scene. It's got great visuals, a lot of great moments. You get to see, uh, what the fuck is his name? Tormund rip somebody's throat out with his teeth, which is always fun. Mm hmm. The only guy there with a bigger ginger beard than his, he's like, nah, 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 fuck you, I win. It's my ginger beard, and he rips his throat out. It's great. Yeah. You get to see the, the giant be badass. You know, Davos has got balls of steel. He's got a lot of great little lines and stuff. Plus, you get to see Sansa actually, like, taking control and having an impact on the storyline, which mm-hmm. her character has been sorely lacking in for the past couple of seasons. She brings in the Knights of the Veil vale and saves John's ass after yeah. he does something well, stupid. So let's break down this fight. So when you saw the fight, um, the battle, mm-hmm. it was is the scale of it was huge. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a probably one of my favorite little gifs or memes that you can probably see. I think it's a gif. Um, mm-hmm. Is you know John Snow by himself pulling out a sword and thousands of men on horses are charging towards him. I mean. That's when you know that yes, the show is really putting all their money into Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, you kind of knew it was coming, but that was it was just badass, and that's when you're like, oh my god, this is awesome. Um, and then him like digging himself out of the pile of bodies, and yeah. But when I was when I first saw it, I was like, this is awesome. This is I was like, but this is where he dies. He just came back to life just for this battle, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. I was okay with that. I thought he was gonna die. Because there was just no way. The, the odds were, you know, I was waiting for somebody, waiting for someone, but then I was like, who the fuck would ever come? Mm-hmm. You know, but then the Knights of the Veil vale came, and they came like a Lord of the Rings style, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's fucking boost, like going, oh man, it was great, it was great. And that, and that's something I actually, I, I gotta criticize a little bit, you know, and I, I love the fight, you know, it's a great fight scene and everything, but it does kind of signal the change that a lot of people have been mentioning about Game of Thrones where it where Game of Thrones used to be a case of like it's kind of a realistic take on fantasy you know that's one of the reasons why I say you know uh, what the hell's his name Ned Stark why he died in season one mm-hmm. is because yeah the honorable guy doesn't make it far in real life you know he gets 
fucking betrayed and killed like instantly. That's how it works. You know, and and Serio Pharrell, he's a massive badass and everything, but you can't beat a guy in armor and a sword with a wooden sword. It doesn't work that way. And to have Jon Snow pretty much win this battle almost single-handedly against vastly superior odds making stupid decisions and getting outclassed the whole way and to not only survive but end up like winning in the end I, I, I like the spectacle of it it's an amazing fight scene visually but as a storytelling technique it's a little it, it kind of signals the beginning of the end to me and it's one of the reasons why I didn't like season 7 nearly as much but we'll get into that later on yeah yeah no um, I mean, am, I, am I crazy like, uh, you know, I wouldn't say you're too crazy. Um, I mean, everybody has their own opinion, so it's not like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I don't think you're too crazy. Um, knowing, so what happens later in the season, you, the shocker at the end of the season, you see, you know, Jon Snow is actually, he is a Stark. Or, mm-hmm. well, technically not a Stark, but he has Stark blood in him. Like, for real, mm-hmm. though. And... Yeah. So when you learn that and he becomes the Lord of the North, um, it starts to make, like, the whole Bran situation. So Bran was, like, I don't think he was around at all in season five. So season six, you start to see, like, all the future, the past, all these different um, scenarios and his, like, visions that he's having with the Three-Eyed Raven. Um, So I think... With that said, I feel like, you know, Jon John Snow is having a bigger part now, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously I got past it because it's yeah. still still one of my favorite shows on TV, but it's, it's like a lot of the same problems that hit The Walking Dead, you know? And Oh, yeah, I, I know. Even, I can't even watch The Walking Dead these days because you'd have these characters who would constantly just be passing the idiot ball back and forth, making really stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, they're dead now. You know, there's no way they can't be dead now. And then just through the magic of television, it's like, ah, no, they're totally fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's changed. Status quo. Oh, absolutely. He's the main character. He's not going to die. You know, how many times were was Rick in a situation where it's like, if he was not the main character, he would be fucking dead? Oh, my gosh. Every time. Probably yeah. at least once a season. Um, and it's, it's, it's the same problem. It's like, if, if Jon Snow was not the main character, if he was, if he was say, Tormund, Oh, he would have been dead. In that battle. He would have been dead. There were so many times I was like, okay, he's fucking dead. You know, it's... it's I, I don't know. It, it is what, a little what bit is, what, is that, what is that saying? It's a TV show. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they have to... They Everybody has to have that, that hero or... Was it heroine? <laughs> the, um, the heroine or whatever you want to say, the female hero. Mm-hmm. Everybody has yeah. to relate to somebody. And Jon Snow is that guy. So it, there's no way he's going to die. Um, and I mean, obviously, if we go through, if we even talk about predictions for season eight, um, I think even if he does die, as long as there's a child with his blood running through somewhere in this world, um, I definitely feel like, I mean, people will just have to, I mean, they'll relate to that. They like that. Jon Snow's Jon Snow. So, mm-hmm. but all right. So that's what was going on with Jon Snow in season six. Um, the the thing honestly the battle of the bastards was great but the thing that made me go what and i think you probably know what the fuck this is i got a feeling what it's gonna be what do you think it is i think it's gonna be the sept getting exploded absolutely absolutely (laughs) that was to me because 
again, past season five, everything is past the books. Like, I, I knew nothing about this going in. Yeah. And when you start off the episode, and it's just quiet, morose little piano keys just getting played slowly, I, I start to get a tingle on the back of my neck. It's like I, I got a bad feeling. <laughs> because in that church are some of my favorite fucking characters, including my absolute favorite character, Marjorie Tyrell. So hot, so hot. She is so hot. Jesus you know, Christ. I didn't see it coming. I had no idea. So I'm usually pretty good at at guessing what's going to happen next. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at what's going to happen next, and I was not prepared for that. So to me, that was like. You know, like the Red Wedding kind of thing. And I know it's not up to that par, but it's definitely in the top five things that happen in the show. And the look on her fucking face when she's staring out the window. And then her son jumps out the fucking window. <laughs> the kid. Yeah, that to me was like the icing on the cake. Because it was already shocking enough to kill off so many major named characters all at once. Mm-hmm. But then to just have the fucking king of the Seven Kingdoms just casually just jump out the window and kill himself. Well, the the only vagina he's ever seen just died, just blew up. Yeah, you know. I mean, really, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. Know? I mean, how can? And if you saw her, you know, like people, if you haven't seen this show and you don't know who we're talking about, she's gorgeous. If I if I got a chance to date that, and then I saw her die, I'd probably jump out the balcony too. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't know? I can't say I blame him for the guy, you know, uh, and. For all the shit a lot of people give Tommen, he he's better than Joffrey. <laughs> oh my god! Well, he was. Well, that's because Joffrey was just a cocky son of a bitch. Yeah, he's just a, <laughs> he's just a stupid kid, basically. Yeah. He's all it is. He could have been good. Yeah, he he had an opportunity. Yeah, but anyway, so when that so when that happened, you know things started getting you know obviously what we're talking about you know all the all the like uh. What are they called? I lost my train of thought. So, all the all the um, everyone that was pretty much against the Lannisters was in one little church. And the Dragon Fire, I believe that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, wildfire. Wildfire. Yes, the green, like napalm. She, you know, mm-hmm. was put at the bottom of this church, and it was fucking blown up. And yeah. I mean, that's pretty and, much it. <laughs> yeah, the music, the visual effects of just everything fucking exploding all at once. Uh-huh. The fact that we got to see a character that I hate, which is Lancel. He's the one to to be kind of responsible for it all. Yeah. It broke my heart to see my girl go, but at least she went out in a blaze of glory. Oh, it, you, it killed me, though. Would you say it a, killed me, though, that, a bang what? of glory? <laughs> well, I, I did say blaze. I mean, oh that's yeah, that's true. Better yeah, pun. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But it did. It broke my heart to think that she saw immediately what was going on, and she's like, "We gotta get the fuck out of here." And it didn't. Didn't. Nothing mattered. Nothing changed. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that was the shocking thing. But now there's only two Lannisters left. Well, no, I guess that's wrong because the Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion's alive. Yeah, Tyrion's yeah. alive. But at least in, um, you know, um, King's Landing, there's really only two Lannisters left. Um, mm-hmm. 
So that one, that so those two things happening in just one season is just fucking epic. But then you got uh, the Dragon Queen over here, Daenerys or Khaleesi. We'll we'll call her Khaleesi in this episode because it'll be easier for you to remember anyway. Well, because um, so at the end of season five, she was left alone in this field, and then in season six, she gets captured by the Delfrakis. Uh, yeah, something like that. Oh man, you know, I'm sorry, people. I, the I, horse I, people, the, the Mongols. The Mongols. Anyway, yeah. So she gets captured by them, and then she tries to convince them that she was married to, um, you know, Kyle Drogo, and basically, they said they finally believe her, and then eventually they're just like, "Fine, you're gonna go sit with all the other widows and on, you know, in this fucking place or whatever, this little yeah. tent," and then. This bitch fucking says, you know, basically is like, no, fuck this, and burns down the whole tent, kills all the leaders of the, um, of the Defraki, yeah. and then just shows everyone that she is the god of fire, basically, a queen, yeah. queen of fire, and uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think about that little storyline? Because this kind of builds up because after that, she, everyone sees it, she's riding a dragon like normal, and all the mm-hmm. all the other the army of Delfraki's like, okay, well. I pledge my allegiance to you, and then, then, towards the end of the season, like everybody starts, you know, wanting to. Everyone hears about this shit that she's been doing, so everybody wants to be on her side. So now you got, you got all these. I, I can't even list them all. You got all these basically cities on her side, and now they're gonna they're heading towards King's Landing. How do you feel about that? How was that? I'm choice? actually I'm actually okay with this because. Um, there is a bit of a problem in these later seasons that I started to have where the pacing jumped up through the roof so fast. Like the first oh, yeah. three seasons, first three seasons are about dealing with one guy, basically, mm-hmm. you know, the about dealing with, with Stannis and, and uh, Renly and, and Rob and everything. And then in the course of less than a season, you know, you kill off the Tyrells and the Martells of Dorne and everything. Just kill off everything so it's just like Daenerys, John, and Cersei. You know, I, I that kind of really pissed me off, but this is an example of fast pacing that I didn't mind. It's like, we don't need a long, drawn-out explanation of how she gets her army of Dothraki. No. It's just like, yeah, sure, she just shows up, mm-hmm. you know, and just says, here, you follow me now. You know, I'm okay with that. Anything that gets us to the action, yeah. basically. Well, see, that's why so many people... You know, there's always in a good television show. Obviously, the first two, maybe three seasons, really pull people in. But normally, the middle part of the seasons, even in The Wire, I know you love The Wire. Let's talk about The Wire. Mm-hmm. The the part about the politics started pushing people away. But then you just gotta you gotta finish strong, and I think that's what they're trying to do. So obviously, the the book. The book is so detailed, so they had to put in so much to build up these characters. But by now, you should know everything about these fucking characters. You should know everything about these people that Mm -hmm. you can – so now they can just put it on you know, 2x or 3x speed. So now it's like bam, 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 bam. So that you know all that's happening, and it's like bam, bam, bam. And then you know, it's like – it's just great. And then so, yeah, I mean I agree with – It's part of the – now that I think back on it and I have some time to think about it, I, I kind of made my peace with it because like we were just saying, a very popular comparison is to The Walking Dead. 
I would rather them be too fast with the pacing and miss out on what I think is some of the, the best parts of the books rather than trying to flesh everything out in the books and the pacing goes nowhere. Yeah. And it's just season on season on season of fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think given the choice of two evils, they pick the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And it still gets along pretty quickly. You know, it, it, it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, do I still regret that there's some things that will never see the light of day? Of course. Hopefully they'll get to it in like a spinoff or something. But yeah. If that's if that's what it had to be, then I'll make my peace with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, know. I mean, you think this season's fast. Season 7 is like years. I mean, like, it just jumps right into it, like, you know, but... Well, but oh, that's... That's one of the reasons. We'll get to that a little bit later, but yeah. that's one of the reasons why I hate season seven. <laughs> well, I know you didn't. Uh, you didn't well, mind it. you kind of hit it on the on the head. So season six kind of is only really about five people. Everyone else you see here or there, like Sam, he's going to um, you know the church to try to be a monk. That's what I'm going to call it, a maester. Um, but you know he's going there to get trained, and you know he's going there to he's got to deal with old people's shit and read books and basically be a bitch and a librarian. Oh my god! Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Real was... quick, real quick. That scene was the funniest shit I have seen in like months. I was fucking crying, laughing, watching that little montage. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Poor Sam. I think it he. Was amazing. I think him and G- Giddy. Is it Giddy? Giggy? It's Gilly. Gilly. Oh my God. Hey. You could just call it Giggity. I don't know the sound of that. <laughs> Him and Giggity, Giggity. Actually, I think see his father first. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think they they're a maester, and okay. he becomes like he steals the books from the maesters, and then he heads to his, you know, it, to his father to yeah. try and find a place for Gilly to live. Okay, and then while he's there, obviously his father's a fucking asshole. But doesn't he see like um a sword on a mantle? And I yeah, think Valyrian steel sword. Yes, yeah. and that's that's relevant because what we've learned over the last couple seasons, this this kind of steel, I think the Iron Throne's made out of this, but this kind of steel is actually, um, you know, the only thing that's really stopping the White Walkers. Yeah, so, it's the only thing that can kill them, yeah. basically. Now, I, a really cool thing, it's not a big thing, but a really cool thing that happens in Season 6 and it kind of goes into Season 7 is um, him reading the books, learning how to kill them, learning about the annulment. He's he's basically learning everything that Bran is telling everyone. Because at this point, Bran has made it back to the north. The Battle of the Bastards is over. That happened early in the season. And Bran is back, and he's just like, listen, I gotta tell you some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's telling his sister some stuff. And does he tell her that John's mother is their aunt? Not yet, no. No, okay. Presumably, presumably that'll be in season uh, eight. So that's what. Okay, that's what I thought. So, okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Is um, so you start actually seeing like, yeah, I think season seven you see really all the flashbacks, but you start seeing some of the flashbacks in season six, and it kind of leads you like, what is this? What the fuck is this? Um, but yeah, season seven. I mean, season seven you see all that, but um. So yeah, I mean, he's telling him, you know, the White Walkers is a big thing, and uh, it just, yeah, I don't know. I think I think he tells Sam that that uh, John is a Targaryen. Oh okay. I don't, 
I don't know why Sam would keep that to himself. It seems like something pretty important to to let a brother know, but yeah, it's a it's a show, right? Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, it's TV. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's pretty much what's going on. There's little little things going on in season six. Season six, it went so fast that you know the big points were the battle, the blow up. Oh, there is something else. Okay, so the Iron Islands. The crazy uncle finally shows up, and he fucking takes over the Island Irons. And then he goes to – so that's the only ally that the Lannisters have because they know people are coming. They know that the king fucking jumped out the window. They know they, they know that the, this is the time to attack, and, you know, so she she creates an alliance with – um I can't, Euron. Euron, okay. There's no way I was even going to fucking attempt that urine. <laughs> oh, that's close enough. <laughs> Urine. I, I fucking I fucking hate this character so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and he shows his elite his allegiance to her with like uh, I think the two sisters from that um that poisoned her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then didn't he capture like his his niece? He what? did. Yeah. Okay. He captured Yara. Yara. Stupid fucking name. But uh. He that that's the that's his soul his good character moment I'll give him that is when he killed one of, I think it was two of the sand snakes and captured the other two yeah I was cheering because I hate those are the only characters I hate more than him <laughs> I just for like... what they did it, it's like it's like a, a battle royale of characters they fucking butchered from the books you know, yeah my favorite storyline in the Dorn storyline and one of my favorite characters which is Victarion who they turned into Euron in the show well yeah they stabbed uh, that guy the uh, the leader ah oh, don't remind me <laughs> he, uh, he was such an amazing character in the books yeah. Jesus Christ and he just sat in a chair for like four he scenes got stabbed, yeah. and he got stabbed he was walking I think when that happened yeah it's like couldn't you couldn't he at least like be eating a a chicken leg or something, you know, and let him enjoy himself before he yeah. dies. You're just gonna stab a dude. He's sitting there in a wheelchair. <laughs> it did my man dirty, man. It's fucked up. Oh, and now that being speaking of fucked up, holy shit, can we talk about the way that Cersei ends up killing the Sand Snakes? Like when oh yeah hunters? yeah, so holy shit. <laughs> so well, they poisoned her daughter. So didn't she like put something on her lips and just fucking make out one of them? Yeah, the same the same thing they did to Marcella, yeah. to uh, to Cersei's daughter, and she said basically, I just poisoned your your daughter. Uh, she's gonna die the same agonizing death that my daughter died, and you're gonna sit here chained to the wall and watch as her body slowly decays in front of you. And I'm gonna make sure that you're fed every day. I'm gonna force feed you if if I have to. You're gonna live for a very long time. Just to watch your daughter decay. Yeah, turn into a skeleton right in front of her. Man. That's that, fucked up, man. Even for Cersei. Well, I mean, she's got to be the ultimate bad guy. And that's what they're trying to do. Like, Jon Snow is Superman, and this is Lex, Lex Luthor. This is, like, the ultimate bad guy. Which is crazy, because those two finally meet in the next season. God, there's so much There's so much to uncover in these, yeah, these there, two there's, seasons. Yeah, there's so much. Um, You know, but... It's just I don't know. I think though it the re it's great though. She's being very evil in this season because Jamie starts to realize 
his sister is becoming the Mad King. Because now she's the queen, and his sister is basically going down the same path as, you know, the Mad King did. Which, it was great to see that kind of the visual parody where he, yeah. he arrives back at the city, and it's still smoking from the wildfire. Yeah. I think that, that was a nice little visual trick mm. to kind of communicate that. Um, oh, yeah. It's like, damn, dude, it's taking you long enough. I mean, it's you, just... Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's it's strange to think of Jamie as a changed character and how he's a better man now. Mm-hmm. And then when he meets uh, Olena Tyrell, he's saying, yeah, you know, we imagined just pulling your guts out and hanging you from a cross as, as your death, but I'm going to be merciful and just poison you to death instead. You know, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound right. You know? No, 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 it doesn't. Definitely not. Definitely not. And especially when he says, you know, once once we have everyone out of the way you know and Cersei can rule how she wants then we'll get to be the good people it's like uh, Jamie that's that's what the bad guys say dude yeah I'm telling you I mean to me it definitely sets it up for Jamie to be like obviously not the hero but he he's gotta be I'm just taking a little shot in the dark guess he's gotta be the one that kills his sister so oh he's gotta be yeah. like it wouldn't make sense otherwise yeah so but um, what else did we miss in season six? I mean, I know there's a little details here or there. Uh, I know there was a couple battles that took over some uh, kingdoms and things like that. But they, honestly, they just they were just pointless—not pointless, but they were just little tiny things in between the big ass shit that we just talked about. <laughs> well, it's it's mainly just the. Let's see what else. Yeah, yeah, we had Arya. Um, oh she's yeah, doing her thing down Arya. in Bravo. She finally becomes a faceless man, and then she trades. She just says fuck it and kills the faceless man leader. Yeah, well, it's it's like I think it was his second in command, the little the girl, the yeah. wife that she's called in the books. Um, which is strange because in the books they they did not have like an antagonistic relationship at all. They got along great, about as well as assassins can. Um, and at the point in the books where it ends, she's going off on her first assassination mission. Still loving the whole assassin killing thing, you know? Yeah. Again, but... it's probably just something they truncated for time. Yeah. I imagine um, well, in they... the books she'll like become a real assassin and she'll graduate mm-hmm. and then just leave. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I still feel like she upgraded to being a badass even though like that whole thing happened and she just kind of stopped um, being, she's not a faceless person. She's like, my name is Arya Stark. And mm-hmm. I love that, you know, she decides to start heading up to the North. Um, it's just great. I don't know. That was, a, yeah, you know, now when Arya does finally get back up North, yes. um, we notice that like John's obviously he's gone. He went to go meet with Daenerys. Um, yeah coincidentally just in time you know um are you more excited about him meeting up with Arya again or are you the hound again well i feel like what so Arya meeting up with john snow because she hasn't seen john in a long time yeah she hasn't seen him since season one yeah i mean i'm excited but i think the hound means more to her because of what she went through like so i have people that i've known my whole life and i haven't seen them in a couple years so when i see them it's nice it's exciting 
but the people that like have changed my life if I saw them they mean a little bit more and it's nothing against like brothers or sisters and things like that it's just that like the people that like taught me or you know well he inspired the most change in Arya yes so I think that's pretty exciting to see them two together again so but I do well, now, if we can take a second for speculation, yeah, it, I guess it, I guess it all depends on how the Hound is going to change as a character in uh, in season eight. Well, because I'm sure did you saw the same teaser trailer that I did? Um, so, um, I did not. Oh, you didn't. You're going in blind. I am going in. I'm trying to go in so blind because I enjoyed okay. I enjoyed the show without knowing any kind of thing that's going on. Um. But I will say this. So is it season six where the Hound is like basically living with yeah, this? Yeah, that's where he comes back. Where yes. he, He's with this group of people and then these people come and murder anybody and he's just like, fuck that. And, <laughs> and he just – he becomes that badass again and kills everyone. Um, yeah, so when that happened was great. I'm excited. I mean I, obviously everyone's looking forward to – with the Hound, they're looking forward to the battle of the mountain and the Hound. I mean – that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I, I feel like it's lost some of its some of its punch. That whole yeah. final showdown thing, strictly because the mountain isn't really the mountain anymore. No, I know. It's, it, it's kind of like a, a an object his, in the mountain skin. His name is his name is Zerg. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, Robert Strong. I think they called him in the books. Yeah. Um, well, so you... I, I feel like there's not really a of course there's gonna it's gonna happen because it's a TV show you know there's gonna be that showdown it makes the most sense um, but it also <laughs> takes away one of my theories about how it was gonna go down I honestly thought uh, what's his name the Night King when they like they finally met up uh, the Night King would kind of take over the mountain and turn him against Cersei and he would just casually reach over and just crush her head like a grape well that... kind of anticlimactic but it would it would be neat <laughs> i mean that'd be awesome if he did take him over i didn't think about that that's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah because um, you gotta think that the night king is kind of at a disadvantage here yeah when it comes to like powerhouses uh if nothing else he only has one dragon versus daenerys is two but he's got herds of people and then when they die well, not when his people die, but when other people die, they just become herds more. So it's like that's his special power. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. But I agree. If it was a one-on-one battle, I don't think he would last. He's a small little mm-hmm. – little. you know, there's a theory going around that Bran is the Night King. Mm-hmm. And um, so, the, I mean, there's so many theories. That's just what you get with a good show. People are just sitting around all day long mm-hmm. thinking of things. But Well, that's, that's that is one problem there is – if you let something go on long enough, it'll eventually, like the theories will come so all-encompassing. There's just no way to have a satisfactory conclusion. Yeah, it's like the whole lost thing, you know. Or a, a better example: Have you seen the first season of True Detective on HBO? No, but um, today I did just uh, get HBO Now. Ah, so, you, so you'll be ready when season eight comes out. Yes, but in the meantime, I'm going to be watching True Detective. So yeah, True Detective season one is fantastic. Season two sucks, but it's okay because yeah. it's, uh, it's an episodic storyline. It's not. It's different from season to season. Yeah. Um, 
So I won't spoil that for you, but when you do, let me know in a future episode, and I'll, I'll tell you about my uh, about my feelings about expectations becoming too high, essentially. Yeah. Um. What's what's another good one then? Something where it's like they they built us they built it up so long that it's just impossible to realize. It's impossible to, to be the way that it was supposed to be. I'm, I'm just concerned that with all these all these fan theories grabbing onto these little scraps of information, I mean, just the, the way that a character responds to something. You know, there was one fucking thing. There was a theory out there that Bruce Bolton, back when he was still alive, was a vampire. What the fuck? Because, <laughs> because they mentioned his pale skin and his sharp teeth. You know, yeah. And yeah. You're like, oh, this this means that despite there never being vampires in Game of Thrones, he's clearly a vampire, and well, he's lived for hundreds of years. Until uh, the dog, until his son came and, along and and killed him. Yeah. Just casually. Yeah. So I don't know. And then a fan theory was that Roose was Ramsay, and he killed himself to take over, and it was secretly Roose Bolton in Ramsay's skin. And then Ramsey died, and I—I I don't know. I guess the dog take took over now. Well, see, now you're getting rid- ridiculous because <laughs> these are some fucked up. These are some weird ass theories. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, this—I think that anticlimax is something that people are not mm-hmm. used to dealing with. Yeah. And they'll invent anything and everything, especially in a in a show like Game of Thrones that's based on the twist. You know, the yeah. shocking twist. You know, the red wedding, the explosion at the church, and everything. It's. It can't be enough to just say, okay, nope, sorry, that's it. It's done. It yeah. sucks, I know, but it's done. Where, wow. where the hell were we even talking about? How did we get here? <laughs> I don't know, but I will say this. Season 6 went by fast, and just like this episode of covering Season 6, it went by fast. Let's hop into Season 7, because... Oh, boy. I Season 7... Okay, I want to tell you this right now. I've been on the edge about talking about season seven, and I know I have some friends out there that were like were begging me to let them be on this podcast talk about season seven. But I started it with Griffin, and we're gonna finish it together, bud. Me and you. So season seven basically is only one thing, and the whole and, and the, <laughs> season seven only has one plot, and that's Jon Snow to convince people that there's White Walkers. <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right, we're done talking about season seven. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? Um, so season seven. See, you hate it. So the storyline of season seven, it really is Jon Snow going to try to convince people. He, le- you know, he's the Lord of the North, and he's like, no, fuck that. He leads it to his sister. He's like, I need to go convince people that there's something greater than Westeros. There's something better. There's something greater that's happening right now. He goes on his little, you know, walkabout and tries to, you know, he meets up with uh, Khaleesi, mm-hmm. and um, which is which is great because it's the first time these two characters. She's a big character, beautiful platinum blonde. He's a big character, dark black hair, and it's just like they're just, you know, he finally gets to meet her and he's he's convincing her, and I don't know how, but somehow he does convince her, and then they like see like a cave, I think, if I remember correctly. And he convinces her that there is like these night walkers, and the only way to beat them is with fire or some other shit. And you know, so now instead of attacking um, King's Landing, they're really they go to King's Landing, don't they? Yes. 
but under the banner of truce, apparently. Yes. They want to. They want to talk about a ceasefire. So they go, um, they go there, and now you now you see the good guy, and the main bad guy in the same fucking arena. Well, room. Let's call it an arena, because I think it was an arena. And he basically he brings a zombie, and he shows her. He's like, "This is the fucking shit. That's this is what's well, this is what's coming down here." And I think she lies to him and says that, "Okay, yes." This is a truce, but then later that evil bitch is just like, no, fuck this. While they think it's a truce, I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> yeah, that uh, – so let, let's start off at the very beginning here Okay. John so, going to meet Daenerys. Yes. I, I can understand him being so fucking stupid because it's the Jon Snow thing. You know, it's like a Stark thing, honor before reason. Yeah. And why, you know, after all this he's heard, after everything he's heard, he doesn't expect her to just instantly kill him. I don't know. But they take Daenerys, who's at least in theory supposed to be a like a, a good character. Yeah, like a, a character on the side of good. And for whatever the reason, again, she gets the idiot ball now. She just she acts like this arrogant, stuck-up piece of shit for like the entire season. And then at the end, she's like, "Oh, I'm a good guy now again. Okay, you can have the idiot ball now. I'm gonna do good things now." I, I thought it was a great piece of comedy when they first went into the <laughs> hall and. And whatever the fuck her name, Masende, she starts listing off like this long list of titles, and she's just sitting there on a throne, dressed up in the finest fabric and stuff. And fucking Jon Snow walks in with the equivalent of like a denim shirt and blue jeans, <laughs> and has Davos say, "Yeah, this is Jon Snow. He's king of the North." You know, it was great comedy and everything, but yeah, that's the that's their relationship in in general. You mm. know, she acts haughty like a. Like the world is owed to her the entire season saying, hey, I can have you killed at any time. Maybe I should or something like that. Or I'm not going to allow you to leave, even though you came here as a as a as a peaceful envoy yeah. to to talk. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, she's she's a smart character. She's an intelligent, kind and compassionate character. Every single conversation that happens between the two of them, she has to lose. She has to say the dumbest side of the conversation, and then he comes in with the truth, says something smart, and then she's like, I don't care. You know, I'm going to keep being stupid because I'm the designated stupid character this season. Well, maybe they did that because they want to show, like, some kind of vulnerability because later they become, like, lovers. Which came out of fucking nowhere, by the way. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, they just... <sighs> like, they fucking hated each other for most of the, of the season... Well, yeah. And then they bond over one dead dragon, and it's like all of a sudden they're, you know, they're fucking. And yes, they are fucking. And what that scene was weird because Tyrion is just sitting out the outside, outside of the door, like, oh, listening in. <laughs> I, I wanted a piece of that blonde ass. <laughs> like, at, at least, at least, didn't have Jorah standing up in the background, just, just like crying. Well, jo drinking. Joris in this season, um, he, he was dying. He, Sam had to like peel fucking third degree burns off of them <laughs> which was actually kind of cool it you know, was I, um... it was i think it was pointless but i do think like you know you knew that he got touched and you knew that he was dying and it made him live you know sam it, it showed sam's ability of being an awesome maester to figure out how to do this and and then he goes with john snow the hound and a whole bunch of other people to uh to confront the night king and um so yeah so it's good that he lived i guess 
and th that's another one of those things where it's like because it's TV, it's cool. But if this, if you look at it from a logical perspective, that was one of the stupidest things in the entire series. Like, hey, let's let's us seven guys, let's go out beyond the wall to find the entire horde of the dead and snatch a guy to take back to King's Landing. Like the entire season was set up in a way where it's it's almost like they had no choice. Like yeah. that's the only thing they could do. Yeah. But again, if if Jon Snow was not the main character, there were so many times where he would just be dead. Well, that whole scene he would have been dead. Yes. When that even when the dragon died and he was left like Yeah, just let, let's kill the dragon that doesn't have people riding on it yeah. know, for for reasons. Yeah. Um you know, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he, he should have been dead, but no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, well, it's, it's the thing. It's like, I can't bitch too much because like I said, it's, it's entertainment, you know, mm -hmm. I, you can't look for logical consistency in popcorn entertainment, which is what Game of Thrones has become. Yeah. Um, and I will give that whole stupid fucking expedition props for it had some some good character moments like, <laughs> yes uh, yes <laughs> i mean the hound and tormund interacting is probably one of my favorite things ever <laughs> well tormund the fucking man <laughs> there's a remember that part in season seven i don't know when it was but when uh brienne of tarth or or whatever her fucking name is he like she like looks over at him and Tormund just looks back like he blows her a kiss or something. <laughs> He's just like, Yeah <laughs> That's my kind of woman. <laughs> yeah, that he's such a wonderful character and that's uh, that's one of the reasons why Do you as think as much as I Huh? Do you think he died at the end of the season? I don't think so. If not if for no other reason I, I know if he did die, it's gonna be like a shock reveal. Like, we'll find out in the battle for Winterfell, just literally having zombified Tormund leading the front of the horde. Oh, I hope he didn't die. I hope he makes it I hope he makes it to Winterfell and he warns everyone. That's what I'm hoping. That that could be I think that's the only two ways it could go. It could yeah. have to be the shock twist where it's like it's zombie Tormund yeah. or it's like Tormund and who else was there with him? I think it was Beric Dondarian. Uh-huh. Or something like that. Yeah, he they both show up like ahead of the horde and say, "Yeah, they're coming." You know, and that's yeah. That be that, so long to prepare. I, I, I could see that going on. So, um, yeah. I mean, what else? I, you know, season seven. I mean, so the other thing that was really going on in season seven that was uh, kind of crucial and was definitely something that was spectacular is Ara finally makes it to Winterfell. See, reunites with Bran, reunites with his, her sister, and they're just, you know, talking about things. And then, you know, she has like a badass sword battle um, with Brienne. And then she uh, she learns that Littlefinger, who's up there, who's this maniacal little bitch, is mm -hmm. basically trying to put a wedge between the two sisters because he she real he he realizes that because he's trying to marry Sansa, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean he's yeah, and um, he's trying to marry her, and Arya's like, no, fuck that, and she she starts planning things, and he gets her back because he's you know she's being sneaky, but he's really sneaky, and I love watching. I still to this day I still watch like uh, reactions of season seven when Littlefinger dies, 
and you know that that little court thing because she's the lord of the north right now um and it's just funny because you know she's accusing her sister for stuff but then all of a sudden pulls that little finger and then that stab in that throat it's just so good <laughs> it was cool um i i felt like it was pretty much a lot of wasted time the whole yeah. like trying to set up the, the stark sisters against each other it was just for the, the sh again, the shock reveal of, oh, we knew it was you all along. Yeah. We were just setting you up. Um, it, it was it was good. You know, the, the, the scene of killing Littlefinger was nice. Mm -hmm. um, but if we're bringing up Arya here, okay, got to mention something first. For all the shit I talk about season seven, and well-deserved in my opinion, the most amazing thing when Arya avenges the Red Wedding. Oh, yeah. That's right. She'll, she'll, that's right. That's what one of the first things she does, doesn't she? After she, like, yes. um, separates from, uh, the you know, the black, the the House of Black the and White. Faceless yeah, the Faceless yeah. Men. Yeah. After she separates from them, that's right. She's, like, wearing a mask, and she mm -hmm. identifies herself, and then just fucking slits his throat. <laughs> well, she's, well, she, first she... You know, we we see Walder Frey, like yeah. the old guy, the guy who killed everybody, and we think, okay, why is he why is he here again? You know, something's got to be going down, and you can imagine that it's probably going to be revenge for the Red Wedding, but you don't know how it's going to happen. He yeah. starts giving a speech, and everyone's eating and drinking and stuff, and then you start to realize it because he starts to talk in a way that doesn't sound like Walder Frey at all. And you, you realize it's like, oh, shit. And everyone starts coughing, coughing. And they fall over. And he peels his face off, and it's fucking Arya standing there. And I was cheering, man. It was amazing. <laughs> just just the, the way the scene was set up and pulled off. And I don't know who the hell that old guy is who plays Walder Frey. Yeah. But God bless him. He, he's such well, an incredible character actor. See, this is one thing I don't remember. It's crazy because obviously season seven is the, the most recent season that I um I've watched, but maybe maybe because it's the most recent, and we've been covering all the other seasons that I forget these little details like that. I, I didn't remember. I mean, I remember it happening, but I remember it was like that. That's crazy. It was to me. It was it was an amazing little bit of catharsis. Finally seeing phrase like get theirs. Um, because we haven't heard anything from them after the Red Wedding. Yeah. As far as we knew, everything just went on as normal, pretty much. Um, we actually saw Jamie helping the Freys take River Run and, you know, kill the Tullys, Catelyn's family and everything. So to finally see some good come of all the bad and to see Arya finally taking names off of her list, mm -hmm. it's satisfying. And it made me feel that even though that, that whole assassin plotline was kind of cheesy and kind of corny, it was ultimately worth it. Just to start to see this new badass Arya just, like, whooping people's ass. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. She was pretty badass. Now, now, here comes the real fun. Alright, so we got Arya. We got fucking, what's his name? Got John, got Daenerys and everything. What the hell? What was I saying? The Brotherhood without banners, like the guys, the the Red Priest people. Yeah. Um, you see in in season six when Melisandre brings Jon Snow back, she goes through like all the rituals and shit, 
all the different little words and stuff, and nothing really happens. So she just makes a simple prayer. She just says, please bring him back, and that's what works. It brings him back, brings Jon Snow back from the dead, uh, almost implying like a kind of the power of love kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, my question to you is, do you think that it's just any certain person can bring people back with the power of the red the red god or is it like specific important people like red I, priests specifically I, I think it's uh specific people i think people okay. that are like like if there was a prophecy and people that are i'm not saying that john i mean maybe i am saying john snow is a prophet maybe he's the one that's supposed to you know he he's the one that has to be alive to make all this work or mm -hmm. you know like um was it season five when um cersei uh not cersei um oh my god anyway was it season five when she saw the witches and the witches said oh you're gonna lose your son you're gonna lose you know mm -hmm. someone that cares about you i mean i think like, i think that was season five yeah. okay yeah so i wonder if like so to me it makes it kind of seem like more biblical like there is a there's a there, there's a storyline and it has to happen this way and if things hiccup then these are the people that are allowed to bring them back and I feel like that's why she prayed and it just it happened now obviously she can do some voodoo on other people and probably bring them back um, but it w didn't work on him because it was she needed to do something else, and she did what she needed to do, and he became he came back to life, and I think it's because it's what what's going to show um, a theory in season eight that he will be the you know the guy that you know maybe he does sit on the throne the Iron Throne mm -hmm. for a hot second, but then he's the you know but I I still think Jon Snow will die. I will always call him Jon Snow by the way, um, not Aegon. Aegon. What, what, what was his uh? So we find it, it, is it Aegon? Either Aegon, Rhaegar. Rhaegar. Well, we find out that he's actually a Targaryen, with Stark. He is Stark and Targaryen in season mm -hmm. seven, which is, mm -hmm. which is probably you know besides that uh great winter's finally here kind of thing, and um when they went up there to go get a um a, you know a White Walker to bring back, besides that. Um, finding out, like seeing when Bran showed the future of like you know that he's actually Targaryen, that he's actually related to Daenerys, is um was pretty fucking amazing and shocking for me. I know you you might not be the biggest fan of a lot of things that happened in season seven, but to me that's good. I my favorite thing, and I've talked about it many times on this podcast and other in 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 person. I love backstories. I love learning about people's like. How did they get to where they are? Like that's you know it's, maybe it's like a history thing, but I love it. And so to learn that he was, you know, like it it just played out that way, and that he is royal blood and he is the rightful heir to the the Iron Throne, and that this motherfucker came back to life. Maybe he is a prophet. Maybe he was the joint of, you know, because at that time. Wasn't so the was it King's Landing was ran by the Mad King mm -hmm. when he was born, and then obviously the Starks were up in uh, Winterfell. So he's like the best of both worlds. So when that when I saw that, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I got no problems with that. Um, it was a long-held theory in the community with the books for a while that uh, that John was secretly a Targaryen. So to see confirmation of that was pretty nice. I, I, think, I don't really have any problems with the way like the show did it. I feel bad that everyone called like everyone who's called him a bastard and just always thought that he was a snow. And I love that you know Ned Stark kept that secret with him his whole fucking life. Like that's that's Not a big thing. That's a big fucking secret. And it's it's foreshadowing because one of the biggest things in season one was when I return, I need to talk to you. That's what he tells Jon Snow. And he never returned, and then you forget about it, see you know, with season two, three, four, five, and six, but then you start to learn well, in season six you learn that he is a Stark, because his mom was, you know, Ned Stark's sister. But then you learn that he's a Targaryen and um it's great. I don't know how I want to know so bad how it's going to pan out. I want to know so bad. I'm so excited for that. I'm season eight is going to go by even quicker than season six and seven, but I, I just I want to know that more than I want to see this battle with the White Walkers. Oh, you just want to see how like the the legend of Jon Snow ends. Well, I want to I want to learn more about it. I want to see the look on Daenerys' face when she realizes that she fucked her nephew. Um, well, that, I mean, even beyond that, you know, that's not really much for the, for the Targaryens. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true, because they like that royal blood. <laughs> yeah, um, but it does lead to an interesting little idea of where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, is there going to be conflict about it? Is he going to be calling himself, like, the rightful king? Are they going to have to fight about it, or... I, or are we going to have like a, a legit ending where they decide to rule together as king and queen and like she marries her nephew? I fucking hope that doesn't happen, but I think that one is probably what's going to happen. Just, I don't know. I mean, even for HBO, it's a little weird to have a happy ending being I know. a woman marries her nephew. Uh, I just. <laughs> I don't know. I just. He's got to die. He's got to die. Or she's got to die. Someone's got to fucking die. And that little that little threesome right there, because I'm, I'm going to include the baby. They oh, <laughs> yeah, bring the baby in, too. Yeah. yeah. They didn't, yeah oh, by the way, she's she's probably prego. Did we learn that she's pregnant in Seven? No, I... I uh, we just saw... I thought, the, thought the common theme was that she was, like, sterile. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, no, they had sex, and she was, like, holding her belly, I think. When they were um, at King's Landing trying to trying to show this shit, so oh, so okay, so she's, I think she's I pregnant. I think she's pregnant, and the only and I don't think I think she'll actually have a baby because it's actually blood. It's the same Targaryen blood, and I think that's probably why she hasn't had babies with anybody else because uh, Targaryens are only allowed to have incest babies. Okay, that's what they're probably going with. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that that is a little strange, but you know, for Game of how Thrones, did, I've, did, I've heard worse. How'd you like that? Uh, so Snow's finally here, obviously, because you saw it in Winterfell. And how'd you like um, everybody battling on that rock in uh, the north when uh, the, they were surrounded by the the White Walkers? Uh, how'd you like that whole scene? That whole that whole like scene? I I don't know how to feel about it. Because uh, you got you got the problem a lot of the times with action scenes where people don't seem to understand that 
more is not necessarily better. Um, they have the, this entire herd of like thousands of zombies, but they're just, they're literally just zombies. They just sit there and get killed in droves. There's not really anything like exciting or surprising about it. The only interesting thing about that whole fight the entire time was when they started to get kind of overwhelmed and you started seeing individual little character moments. Like, uh, Tormund starts getting pulled under the ice and I got legit like scared. Oh, yeah. I love this guy. I love this character. I was, mm -hmm. I was like, please, God, no. You've already taken one gorgeous ginger. You know, you took Thoros. <laughs> don't, don't take... And you got to see the Hound kind of kind of doing his thing, you know, being a little heroic for once. Yeah. Um, I was thinking originally that his his heroic moment was going to come when Thoros was getting attacked by the bear because the bear was on fire. And yeah. you know how, how he feels about fire. I thought, okay, he's going to jump in and save and try and save Thoros regardless, even though this guy's on fire. It would have been a nice character moment for the Hound. And I still feel like they wasted potential there, but it's a hell of a lot better than nothing getting him to, to save Tormund. You know, I love that character, so good on him for saving him. Well, when they were when they were trapped on the rock, I can definitely see what you're saying. Like, It was kind of scary because these are a lot of the good characters that you, you know, a lot of the, the people that you actually like in the show are all on this rock right now. And they're kind of getting fucked. But Pretty much. We, we all knew that a dragon was going to come. I mean, at least I did. I, I you know, I kind of, because remember, she, they show a scene of her leaving and on top of her dragon, and she's wearing a winter coat. Mm -hmm. So you knew that she was going to come, and you just win. That was the whole thing. Like, how many people are going to die before she comes? So when the dragon came, I thought it was fun. It was, it was, you know, okay, yeah, he spit fire. It's a normal dragon thing. I thought it was good. Um, I just think when the dragon died, I was like, holy shit. And then, obviously, when he got brought back to life, I just thought that was... Uh, I didn't know what they were doing when they were pulling the dragon out of the water. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what they were doing. And then when the dragon's eyes opened and turned blue. Now, that being said, that that whole scene... That scene where the Night King killed the dragon was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, effects-wise and everything. But it is followed shortly thereafter by something I hate and I have to yell about. Because ever since the very beginning of season one and like the beginning of of book one, we're always wondering what happened to Benjamin Stark. And you you saw a glimpse of him earlier on in season six. Oh uh, yeah, did he save Bran? He did. Yes. And, uh, he, and in the books, he it's used heavily to, implied. But he up. he used to be a White Walker, and the Tree People saved him. Oh, well, turned him much. yeah turned him back into a regular. Into a regular dude, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very heavily implied that he is a certain character in the book called Cold Hands, who did the same thing, essentially. Yeah. Um so I knew he was gonna have a part to play. And I was excited to see where it was gonna go. Um But one thing the idea of Jon Snow not just getting on the fucking dragon, he's like, No, 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 get out of here. I have to be noble and sacrifice myself. <laughs> it wouldn't have taken like a second to get on the fucking dragon but the reason why he did that of course we know he's not going to die because he's the main character but he has to do the noble self-sacrifice thing and then get saved at the last second by Benjamin Stark 
Well, that's... instead of well, how cool would it have been if Benjamin Stark had just like shown up, grabbed them, dragged him onto the horse, saved him, and then they're riding back to Winterfell together, and he's like filling him in on all this stuff. He's basically giving him the exposition dump. You know, and then at the when he gets to the wall, he explained it to Bran. It's like I can't go past the wall, you know, because I'm a zombie basically. Yeah, I can't I can't come with you. Um, so it would have been fine. It w- they wouldn't have had to explain anything. It would have been perfectly fine. But instead, he says, "No, I'm gonna do the noble self sacrifice thing now, for whatever fucking reason. I'm gonna b- just run into the horde and just get mowed down instantly." He killed like three guys. Yeah. Right. This this guy he has a super badass like flaming flail and everything. Uh huh. And he just wanders in and just gets fucking insta killed. And presumably, I guess we we might see him again. Like we might see him as a zombie. That might be like an emotional moment. He sees his uncle Benjamin just at a fucking you know, zombie. Or do something. you do you think season eight's gonna be just like straight Walking Dead? I think so. Yeah. There's not really much else they can do. I mean, they they've trimmed like every other plot point up until this point. Well, Jamie killing his sister or confronting his sister because he kind of like he learns and sees obviously season six he learns about how crazy she fucking is, but in season seven, remember season seven was split up into two seasons, so obviously the the end of the first part of it was the dragon's eyes opening up blue and all that good stuff. But one of the things that I loved about the end of season seven period was when Jamie just decided that I'm going to go to the north to let Jon Snow on this plan that my sister's just going to, you know it's just still fucking crazy and then he sees Snow fall for the first time in King's Landing in probably forever mm-hmm. and um, and I thought that was really cool but um, no I mean th- I think that's a good plot point obviously they did tie up the one with Ara and um i mean they sam i feel like I, there was a theory that i heard a while ago i know this is season seven see season seven's simple and i know we're talking a lot about theories but part of season seven is the theories to for me at least and i think one of the theories is that this whole story is being is being told by sam like he he wrote like an older version of sam like this whole mm-hmm. thing when it ends It'll be a man, an old man, you know, closing the book. Old fat guy looks like uh, Sam, maybe the creator I, of the fucking I show. I swear to God, after, <laughs> if they get George R. R. the guy sitting there writing it, and he's just he closes the book and just winks at the camera. I swear to God, I'm putting my foot through the fucking screen. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I re- I just I refuse. <laughs> No, I mean, I definitely feel like uh, that. That's his theory, and I, I, I like that theory. But then again, it's like, I don't. There's just so much that can happen. There's just so much. But I, I agree with you. There's really no. They tied all the loose ends. Everything's going on. I think, um, I do like season seven. I like the way it ended. I think that was a big shocker. Um, like the the actual ending, ending with. You know, with the actual dragon, with the fucking herd of uh, zombies coming, mm-hmm. and the dragon taking out the wall like it's fucking paper, and then them breaking through the wall, that was a good. That was a good like, what the fuck? Now we gotta wait two years because Game of Thrones is a bunch of faggots. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I, I did like that final scene. Uh, it really was good at establishing the stakes. 
for the mm-hmm. final showdown because you didn't just see a whole bunch of zombies. You saw zombie giants. You saw zombie zombie mammoths. Oh yeah, you saw them all. There's a zombie dragon. It's like you wonder how the hell are they gonna get through this? How the hell are they gonna overcome all of this? Especially since our main characters, the good characters, the non-evil ones, are directly downstream. Like Winterfell is just down the road from the wall. Whereas all the evil characters, Cersei and all them, they're all the way down at King's Landing, which is of course the the show doesn't really follow its own rules anyway when it comes to distance and stuff. Um yeah. Which is why Gendry could run 27 miles in one day and let them know to send the dragon. But uh, I, I just I wonder if the I guess it's time for more theory. What's what's how's it going to play out? The Battle of Winterfell. Like, are they going to they going to lose and have to run to King's Landing and the Cersei be like, nah, well, bitch. I think we talked about this before. I think um, I I do think uh, they obviously. I don't think they make it as far as King's Landing. I know there was a seasons ago there was like a foreshadow of Jon Snow, or 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 of the um, of the Iron Throne with the roof caved in. It was snowing. That Daenerys had it was some kind of like you know scene. I don't think they make it all the way down there. I mean I I do think it snows there, and I think that I don't know. Oh whoa! What if? What if that's like foreshadowing that John's gonna be the one sitting on the Iron Throne at the end? Why? Because of snow on the yeah, Iron John Throne. Yeah, John Snow. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, well, that, that would that, be fucking stupid if that's what it was, but you know, no. it's possible. It you could. Never can tell. It could be. I mean, I think I think they'll they'll definitely overtake Winterfell, and I think they're gonna move down, keep going down. I don't think they're gonna spend too much long time showing all the other fucking um, kingdoms that they take over. I think that. Um, you know, the Lannisters are going to have their army and they're going to try to go get Jon Snow but then run into fucking zombies and realize it's a fucking shit show. Um, obviously, there's going to be a big battle. I don't know where it's... I, I don't know. I don't know. This is this is one of those weird shows where there's so many possibilities that I, I can't really figure out how they would do it. It's kind of like when I watch Lost. Um... I was waiting for this this show to fucking end, and I had a, I had a strong theory on how it was to end, and it didn't end that way, but it kind of did. The very first scene of Lost, um, the main character, he, Jack, he um he's laying down in a field and he opens his eyes and it's it just like on on his blue eyes because he you know he just crashed in a in an airplane. So the last season, close to the end of it. He's laying in a field. Well, he falls down in the field, and he's just laying there. And I was like, oh, I thought this is how he dies. But then come to realize they're, they're all dead, and they've been in pur- purgatory the whole fucking show. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. I don't understand why, why people are so angry. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert. I don't know. I don't know what happened. What do you think is going to happen? What, what, is your, what is your thoughts? Well, it's, it's weird because if, if, if the show was, had been the same way it was now, like five seasons ago, Oh yeah, I, I would think like everybody's gonna die. Winterfell's gonna fall. Everybody's fucked. Yeah, but now that we've kind of, it's becoming more of like a TV show kind of atmosphere, mm-hmm. with you know them pulling heroic shit out of the hat for no reason. I I think it's gonna be pretty much the same thing that you mentioned with, like Winterfell's gonna fall. 
I don't physically see how they'll be able to get everybody out in time. Like, naturally, there's going to be some casualties, but it seems like the majority of characters are going to be getting out and being fine. And then they start heading down towards King's Landing, and uh, Cersei mentions that she's sending Euron across the sea to get a mercenary company called the Golden Company. I don't know if the mercenaries are going to show up and try and kill the Northerners, or if they're going to show up and Euron betrays Cersei and start sacking King's Landing. Well, do you you think that, like... So there's eight... How many episodes is there? There's eight? I think there's eight, yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, well, do you think they're going to split it half and half? Like, half's going to be Battle of the... Of the, you know, the the Night King. And then the other half's just going to be the actual battle for the throne. I... I don't know. I don't think there's there's four episodes worth of stuff in the battle for the throne. Yeah, I agree. I feel like like you said they tied up so many loose ends, but that is just you know that's a thought. The thing about it, they they could do that. Well, uh, specifically just because like Cersei doesn't have that many allies left, too many co-conspirators. You know, she's got uh, Euron, she's got the Doctor guy, like the evil Doctor guy, and that's about it. Well, you know, um, here's a here's a fun theory that I was just thinking of. You remember in a couple seasons ago where Daenerys's uh, dragons were just fucking roaming the world, and no, she didn't know where they were, and they were like killing sheep and shit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like they laid eggs, and do you ever think that like you know in season eight, you know another dragon dies, and then two of them come alive, but then you see like a, a herd of like four or five dragons come behind Jon Snow and her. And then you come to realize that, you know, these dragons just laid eggs or they came out of nowhere and somehow HBO doesn't explain where the fuck they come from. Um, <laughs> I, they could I, do that. I could, could see it happening. I could see it happening. I just hope that's not how it works. Because, mm-hmm. like, the whole point of the dragons being so crazy is that it's like no one even thought they existed because yeah. they're so rare. So the idea of there just being like hundreds of dragons just out there now kind of defeats the purpose. But everything's I, up in the air, man. That's I don't the know. Thing. It's like, yeah, maybe brand sac- brand sacrifice themselves, and then he becomes a night king. I mean, who who knows? It could be a lot of things. I just I hope there's a point to Brand's character eventually, because right now he's pretty much just like a he's like a an exposition guy. Yeah. He's the narrator. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but, I mean, I don't really have too much to say. I know season six and season seven, the recap was not as in detail as the other ones. It's just that it was a fast pace, both of them. Um, they, they didn't follow the books, so they could do whatever the fuck they wanted on, on the same premise. And they went by pretty fast. So, yeah, I mean, any, any thoughts you have for season eight that we haven't said i know they're gonna they're pretty much guaranteed to kill the hound off like that's pretty much a guarantee yeah just just let him have a badass death let let him first things first let him meet up with the stark sisters again both of them sansa and Arya. let him kind of like get his loose ends out of the way one thing i the reason one of the reasons why i mentioned the whole like i wonder if anyone can resurrect people thing is because i feel like it would be kind of a an interesting twist to have in the battle for Winterfell, somebody important dies, and the Hound just like has a crisis of faith, and he starts like saying the prayer for the Red God, you know, to bring people back. 
because he's been around the Brotherhood. He knows the words. He's heard him say it enough times. Yeah. Um. Maybe he brings somebody back, and he becomes like the new Red Priest. You know, now that Thoros is dead. I don't know. It could be terrible. It might be okay. It might be awesome. Mm-hmm. But I just there there needs to be now that the show is going into its final little little point. There needs to be something more for the Hound to do other than to be snarky and say like punchlines to people. Yeah, he's hilarious. I love him to death. He's one of my favorite characters, but he needs a narrative purpose. That's about all I got, really. What you got? Um, I, I think my the biggest thing is I want redemption for Jamie. I think it would be sad because he does love his sister, but I think um, I think he will kill her because he. It's just they kept bringing it up, bringing it up a thousand times that he killed the Mad King, and since he's pretty much becoming the Mad King, he does kill her, and then, but then I think Jamie does die too. I don't know how. Maybe the mountain kills him because he kills her. I I don't know, but I I do think the Lannisters will be off this fucking face of Earth. Besides, uh, Tyrion. Tyrion will be the last Lannister. And now here's here's an interesting little theory. Um, so let's go ahead and assume that we get like the basic bitch HBO ending where yeah. John and Daenerys to take the throne together as king and queen. Who would then be in their king's guard? Oh, well, Who would you put in their king's guard? Well, if they run it together, I would definitely say uh, the right hand to the king would have to be. Uh, uh, I don't. I mean, I would say Terry. See, you want someone strong, though. I'm not saying he's not strong, but I don't know. I don't know. I know the. I know the grand maester would probably have to be Sam. Well, naturally, and then I think if everybody's wiped out. And then and them two are together. I think she says, "No more one kingdom." You know, we're not going to be a king. We're not going to be a queen of those of all Westeros. Every every town can be the um, their own king of that town and worry about themselves. You know, I'm tired of one ruler trying to rule all of Westeros. Um, now, with that said, they'll probably rule King's Landing together if they if it goes down that way. Um, or Jon Snow gets herpes and dies. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird that she would say the whole break the wheel thing, and then she's like the 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 sole queen of marine. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. Again, well, like like I said, they they kind of turned her character into an idiot this season. But whoever's left, I, I have no idea. Maybe you know, maybe Mister Ginger himself is you know the leader of the King's Guard. Dorman? <laughs> yes. That would actually be kind of cool. That'd be... I mean, uh, he did say, we're yeah. the Night's Watch now, so maybe he'll be the King's Guard. Yeah. And maybe next, maybe know. all the wildlings can be, you know, just everyone can just live fucking happily ever after. <laughs> um, I think it, it might actually be cool to see uh, the Hound get a get a white cloak. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, all the shit I wonder, talk about knights and stuff. I wonder if they'll, if someone dies, like say if Daenerys dies, but she has, she you know, she gives birth or... I don't know, the whole situation... I wonder if um, they'll do like a flash forward at the end and they'll kind of show whoever the king or queen is. Um, like if Jon Snow dies, Daenerys is like raising Jon Snow's son. And um, they uh, like Jon Snow's son's like a teenager. And they, they flash forward of him being a teenager, like wielding a sword or doing something like, like that. And like, oh, 
he reminds me of his father so much. And you know who's you know who's training him, the Hound. I could actually see that. I could see that being <laughs> cool. So I was about to say Arya, but you know it could be Arya. I don't know. That's you know, or Arya would be there, all grown up. Everyone's all grown up. I just hope I get to see uh, Daenerys' boob one more time. Probably won't happen because she's famous now. No, nah, she's got a contract now. Yeah, so figures. Would be kind of neat to, you know, now that you mention it though, it would be kind of neat to see like an epilogue after everything happens. Yeah, to see what's gonna, and maybe it ends with like, you know, um, dragons flying. You know, everybody's free, but then there's still one more cliffhanger just to kind of leave a salty taste in your mouth for the rest of your life. <laughs> like one more like, like the tree people making one more. Nightwalker or whatever, or Night King, <laughs> like or something, you know, just something that really piss you off. I don't know. Just give you an idea of of like you're not getting a happy resolution. Yeah, kind of. So, but all right, I think this is good. So next week is season eight, episode one. Um, Griffin and I we're gonna try our best to watch the episode and. Sometime that week, we're going to go over that episode. I don't know when. Hopefully, it works out. We'll see what happens. But uh, we're going to go over each episode um, for season eight. You down? I'm down. I know I um, I close on Sunday night. when it, it comes out on Sundays, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I am definitely closing on Sunday night. I'll probably watch it after I get back from work. Mm-hmm. But I am off Monday. So we can definitely record an episode then whenever you get back from work on Monday. Yeah, we'll we'll figure this out. So thank you for listening. Oh, by the way, I want to thank you. We actually have a Patreon. Um, thank you so much, Crystal, for paying the subscription and uh, listening to us. So I appreciate it. Hmm. Oh, much obliged. 